a while ago, I came across a profile that answered the prompt, rank these three shows. And their response was Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. Is that an objectively good answer? Like, probably not. But given my affinity for the show, I personally thought that was hilarious. And even though I remember literally nothing else about that guy's profile, I will always remember that prompt in the least creepy way as possible, obviously. Heartbreakers, welcome back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast all about the shared experience of dating. This week I am here solo, and it's actually been a while since my last solo episode. And I always love recording these because I feel like it gives me more of an opportunity to give an update on what's been going on in my life. They're also a bit more relevant because I tend to record them a day or two before they come out versus some of the guest episodes that get recorded and then aren't released for weeks or sometimes even months. And I will caveat and say I won't have that problem with guest interviews for the time being because it feels like so much has happened since my last solo episode in July that booking guests and recording has truly just fallen to the back burner a little bit. I've started a new job. I've been back to Mexico twice since the initial Mexico City trip where I met Mariana from the recent Carmen Sandiego of Dating episode. And I've been to two weddings, one for my cousin back in July and the second for my boyfriend's brother just one week prior to when this episode is coming out. So with all that going on in the second half of summer, plus some other stuff that I'm probably forgetting, I feel like the season truly flew by and I am just as shocked as anyone else that it is now October 1st at the time that I'm recording. Also known as the start of Q4 if you work in the corporate world, but more relevant to this podcast, it is officially cuffing season. Honestly, when I was thinking about what to talk about in this solo episode, I couldn't help but feel like I was appropriating the term cuffing season, which sounds silly to say, but my basic understanding of the origin of this phenomenon is a desire to have a companion to stay indoors with as the temperature evolves into sweater weather and eventually full-on parka weather. So by that standard, I know nothing about cuffing season because I'm in LA and it was literally 88 degrees earlier today. But I think we've reached a cultural point where cuffing season just really transcends the weather and it's more of a vibe. And while that could technically start earlier, I feel like that vibe becomes completely unavoidable once October rolls around. And if my Instagram feed has taught me anything today, it's that adopting October as your personality is now super mainstream. So suddenly everyone is inspired to find someone to watch scary movies with and take to a pumpkin patch even if it's still warm enough to watch that scary movie outdoors on a rooftop and the pumpkin patch is really just a converted parking lot. So in honor of what I'm deeming as the official cuffing season kickoff, I wanted to dive into dating app profiles today. And so this is really for the sake of anyone. So if you're on the apps and looking to refresh your profile, you'll hopefully get something out of this. If you're looking to create a new profile altogether to put yourself back out there. And honestly, if you just want to feel really grateful that you don't have to deal with the apps anymore because you've either found someone or given up completely, this is also for you. 
So I'm really going to focus on Hinge, but since I'm focusing specifically on the prompts, I feel like it'll also be broadly applicable to anyone who's also on Bumble, since I feel like the prompts are kind of cut from the same cloth. And yes, I'm definitely partial to Hinge. I've said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it again. Hinge was my favorite app when I was online dating. So I've talked about why ad nauseum on many previous episodes, but I'll quickly summarize to provide some context around the reason why I chose to focus on Hinge today. So Bumble, literally useless for me. I never went on a single date from it. Tinder gets a worse rep than it deserves, but you do admittedly have to wade through some more weirds on that app. And Hinge has weirds of its own, but I still had the best experience there. And I think a large part of that is the fact that you have to be a bit more intentional by sending an outright like for a specific prompt or photo on someone's profile. Versus on Tinder and Bumble, there's this gamified aspect where you might find yourself swiping right on someone you're not necessarily taking seriously, just because you're curious if they also swiped right. And then on top of that, Hinge is the app I met my boyfriend on, so naturally there is some automatic bias. Fortunately for me, this was prior to the rose bullshit Hinge is doing these days, which I've previously roasted with my friend Alex in episode 60, Will You Accept This Hinge Rose? For anyone unfamiliar, Hinge started providing the option to give out a virtual rose to people who are labeled as standouts, aka all the hottest people on the app. And if you don't give them a rose, there's no way to just message them normally the way you would message a non-standout. So even worse, you get one free rose a week, and if you want to give out more, you have to pay. So kind of scammy. And in addition to just being generally cringy, to me, giving out roses to get a date feels like playing those claw machines in the arcade trying to get a toy. So if someone gave me a free turn, yeah, I guess I'd play if I had nothing better to do, but I certainly wouldn't waste my money on additional turns trying to win at a game that's clearly stacked against me. But that's all I have to say on that because we're really here to talk about the prompts. So in preparation for this episode, I did some searching for a full list of all the prompts you have to choose from on Hinge, which was honestly harder to find than I anticipated when you're searching online and don't have access to the app itself. And in hindsight, I probably could have pestered one of my friends to just send me screenshots of all of them, but I'm proud to say I did eventually find a full list, though as a disclaimer, this was posted four months ago, and the source is a Reddit user by the name of Woken the Hive, which I'm hoping isn't like some internet reference that's secretly offensive that goes over my head, but in any case... The list seems legit based on my memory of the prompts, so we're just going to trust the source and power through. So diving into the full list, there are a total of 60 prompts to choose from, which I will link to in the show notes. And honestly, that number was higher than I expected. Clearly, I'm not going to go over every prompt in depth because that episode would be even longer than the two-part episode I recorded with my ex. So I decided to take another approach and highlight the prompts that I think are the least beneficial to a profile. When I was looking at it from that lens, it suddenly didn't feel like there were quite as many viable options because at the risk of sounding unhelpfully cynical, a lot of them kind of suck. And so that raises the question of what actually makes a prompt sucky? So taking a step back at a super high level, I feel like there are three ideal goals that you can strive for when writing any kind of dating app bio. The first is to clearly outline what you're looking for in a potential match. 
if you've listened to particular past episodes where I talk about my approach to answering dating app questions, particularly finding my stage five clinger and OkCupid, you'll see that's not really my style. One reason being, I feel like it's a boring approach that either comes across like an old school personal ad, or it winds up being kind of preachy for the people who are using this to try and unsuccessfully weed out fuck boys and fuck girls. Also, you're trying to convince people to swipe right on you just as much as they're trying to convince you to swipe right on them. And framing things from the perspective of what you're looking for doesn't really give them much opportunity to see what you're bringing to the table. The second goal of a profile is to make someone laugh when they read it. Honestly, this can be a really great approach if you're funny. And even if you are funny to someone, you really have to manage expectations and realize that the humor that reels in one person is going to fall completely flat to another person or just might actually even be off-putting. Key example, a while ago, I came across a profile that answered the prompt, rank these three shows. And their response was Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. Is that an objectively good answer? Like, probably not, but... Given my affinity for the show, I personally thought that was hilarious. And even though I remember literally nothing else about that guy's profile, I will always remember that prompt in the least creepy way as possible, obviously. And then the third and final goal is to convey something unique and intriguing enough about your personality to get people to reach out. There are two ways this goal can play out. Someone can reach out because they feel seen and they want to bond over some similarity that you have, or they might feel so impassioned against an opinion that you've shared that they want to fight you, which I actually think has the potential to make for better conversation. So that being said, getting back to the question, in my opinion, a prompt sucks if it makes it particularly difficult for you to meet one of those three goals, express what you're looking for make potential matches laugh, or share something unique about yourself that's more interesting than the fact that you moved to LA in pursuit of acting. So when I found this list, I went through and I pulled my 12 least favorite prompts, and I actually paired the ones that I thought were most similar to one another and put up a poll on my Instagram to determine which ones you thought were the worst within each pair. So I'm going to start off with the ones that have the highest potential to be salvaged in my eyes, then work my way down from there with an explanation of why I would recommend avoiding these. So the first pair is don't hate me if blank, and my most controversial opinion is blank. So interestingly, this one was an exact 50-50 split vote in terms of which one people on Instagram liked least, and I can see why. This prompt choice may seem contradictory to my earlier comment that getting people to respond with an impassioned rebuttal to an opinion you have can make for good conversation, which is why I ranked these two as the most salvageable pair within the 12. Because yes, you can put in an interesting opinion here that generates some good discussion, and I think this would be best executed through something random and inconsequential. So for example, if I were to fill this out, I might say something like, Don't hate me if I spend an hour on infatuation deciding which new restaurant we should eat at. However, too often I would see, at least among males, these prompts being used as an opportunity to unapologetically throw out an actual flaw that doesn't have any redeeming qualities. So another one I debated putting in this pair was, I'm the type of texter who blank for the same reason. This could be an opportunity to be vulnerable and reveal something mildly self-deprecating about yourself in a funny way, like, I'm the type of texter who takes too much pride in finding the perfect gift for every scenario. 
But instead, people will be like, I'm the type of texter who takes hours to respond with the shrug emoji. Like, okay. So the next pair I chose is Never Have I Ever and Two Truths and a Lie. And this one was pretty evenly split as well. 56% of you said Two Truths and a Lie was the worst prompt and 44% said Never Have I Ever was worse. Honestly, any close friends who have drank with me are probably calling me hypocritical right now because for some weird reason, I am a huge advocate of playing Never Have I Ever after I've been drinking, even though I'm not in middle school anymore. And these two prompts really have their heart in the right place. Like they really do. At their core, they do provide an opportunity to reveal something unique about you. I just think they go about it the wrong way. I actually think two truths and a lie is the better of these two because it inspires a response and there's an actual path to continue the conversation once you revealed which one's the truth. The reason why I think it falls short is because there's a possibility that the person guessing will be disappointed by the eventual reveal, particularly if the lie was the thing they were most excited to talk to you about. And if we're being honest, like this prompt is typically just a very thinly veiled humble brag. So going back to the never have I ever prompt, in actuality, where does this discussion really go from here? Oh my God, I can't believe you've never done insert activity here. Yeah, I really want to one day. Have you done it? I have. It was really epic. Highly recommend. End scene. Or maybe neither of you have done this thing, in which case, how long can you talk about something that neither of you have experienced? So the third pairing was give me travel tips for blank and most spontaneous thing I've done is blank. This one had a pretty similar split to the previous pair. So 60% of you picked give me travel tips for as the worst option. Honestly, most spontaneous thing I've done has so much potential if you actually have an interesting, relevant story to share. Really think about this one because your instinct is telling you like, of course I have something worth sharing. I'm spontaneous. I'm fun. But even if you've done some like pretty cool things in your past, that doesn't automatically make them spontaneous. I, for one, would never pick this prompt. If I spend an hour just picking a restaurant Imagine how non-spontaneous I am about actual travel and adventure decisions. And some of you are really spontaneous, but that still doesn't mean you're a good candidate for this prompt. Nine times out of 10, the answer I'd see was some variation of moved to LA on a whim without knowing anyone here, as I previously referenced. And I'm not sure if that's a disproportionate LA thing because so many people move here with a dream or because of the type of people the city attracts. And it is admittedly a gutsy thing to do but it really just loses its luster after you've seen it on five consecutive profiles. So I would say don't bother answering this one unless you have a real standout story. Then when it comes to travel tips, this is essentially a one-sided conversation because I presume that if you're asking, you haven't spent much time there and therefore you have nothing substantive to add. The fourth pair is what I order for the table is blank and I know the best spot in town for blank which to me defaults as another food-related prompt, probably because I'm so obsessed with researching restaurants. So 64% of you rated what I order for the table as the worst option, which is another majority opinion that I agree with. The best execution of I know the best spot in town for was actually a former guest of mine. She picked a cuisine that's related to her heritage, and when guys messaged her about it, the reveal was the spot was her kitchen. So smooth. So actually, now that I'm reconsidering it in this moment, this one might not actually be that bad. And 
it provides a pretty seamless transition to ask someone on a date in the form of, we'll have to go there sometime, or you'll have to take me some time, etc. So I partially retract my criticism, but I do stand by what I order for the table being a weaker option, because I just doubt that there's a genuinely good, realistic answer to this. Spinach artichoke dip. Wow, congratulations. You share the same flavor palette as a wide array of Americans. Escargot. Um, okay, no one really wants to share that on a regular basis, and you're pretentious. Best case scenario, you find yourself in an impassioned debate over finger foods. I don't know. So my next selection was, I bet you can't blank and teach me something about blank. This one was much more polarizing. 82% of you said, I bet you can't was the worst prompt and 18% chose teach me something about. And I have to say, I agree. They both have kind of a weirdly entitled presumptuous air to them. Like you need your matches to prove themselves to you in some way. But this is particularly true for I bet you can't. It feels like you're borderline negging me and it kind of inspires a defensive tone. And then teach me something about is the same vibe as give me travel tips for. This isn't a TED talk. Like if you're trying to educate yourself on a topic, open a YouTube video or subscribe to a LinkedIn learning course. And finally, my pick for the most useless prompts Hinge has to offer. I'll pick the topic if you start the conversation and the best way to ask me out is by blank. These prompts are basically for people who are shamelessly announcing that they are not going to make any worthwhile effort to drive the conversation forward. 36% of people said the best way to ask me out was the worst prompt. And honestly, I've never seen a good answer to this. So oftentimes people say, just ask, which I assume is just a really boring way of trying to tell people that you like someone who's direct. And any other earnest answer just seems so presumptuous. Like, I don't even know you yet. So maybe let's exchange some pleasantries before you begin making courtship demands. And then I'll pick the topic if you start the conversation, which 64% of people picked as the worst option. Can we just let the conversation progress organically? Like if someone reaches out to you and says, hi, you're going to respond by saying, hi, so glad you reached out. What was your opinion of the How I Met Your Mother finale? Go. Like, I understand there's something often very bland about the generic progression of dating app conversations that follow the standard, how is your weekend template? But I think that we can take a step back, trust ourselves to follow the general pattern of conversation on a mutually agreed upon topic. So those are my very opinionated thoughts on the worst prompts. And I know what you might be thinking, but Leslie, what prompts should I be using? Or what if I want to wade through the weirds on Tinder, which doesn't provide prompts to guide my bio writing? Well, in that case, you're in luck because I have no shortage of thoughts on this topic that I'd be happy to share. And this week, I actually launched a Patreon page at patreon.com slash interstates and heartbreak with a tier exclusively for people who are interested in setting up a dating app profile makeover session. And the focus can be on photos, it can be on prompts, full-blown bios, or all of the above. And if you aren't interested in a dating app makeover, there is an option to just sign up for unfiltered access to the podcast. That means you'll be able to listen to Interstates and Heartbreak episodes a day early on Saturday, and certain episodes will actually be a little longer because I'll leave in the sidebars or more questionable content that traditionally gets cut from the main feed in case, you know, you just can't get enough of me. 
And finally, if you have been enjoying Interstates and Heartbreak in general, it would mean so much to me if you even joined the very lowest tier just to show your support for this passion project that I've cultivated over the past 16 months. You can think of your support as buying me a cup of coffee for my weekend morning recording sessions, and honestly, like just a tall Starbucks, not even a venti. So that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. And until next time, you can follow me at Interstates and Heartbreak on Instagram for more polls like the dating app poll that I posted this week, or at Leslie Nope for my personal account. That's L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Bye. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.